Welcome to Bitstalk, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm your host, Trevor Scott, and with me is my co-host, Ben Slinger. And a nice little lilt to it this this time, sort of trying out a little sing-songy game design, game design. Uh, yeah, yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Ben Slinger. Feeling like I need to change it up a little bit. You're feeling just light on your f- Welcome. Just feeling light on your feet and uh, yep. ready to meet some games. Yeah, so we've decided to add a little wrinkle to um, our usual click pitch tonight. We're going to use an extra function that, for some reason, we have always ignored on this uh, <laughs> random word generator. <laughs> so we, we're going to try a two-word phrase each. Uh, there'll be an ag- adjective and a noun each. Yep. We're going to count down three, two, one. We're going to click refresh. We're going to say our adjective and noun and put them together and see whether we get some interesting ideas that are a little bit different. If it doesn't quite work, then we'll switch back to regular click pitch. So should we have a, I feel like we should have a name for this new segment, like this slightly, slightly wrinkled segment. Maybe we'll just call it wrinkled click pitch um, or double, double click pitch, click, click, click pitch. <laughs> insane pitch. <laughs> Well, insane, no. insane would be as if we added the other three, third or fourth words that we <laughs> are able to, or go into the sentence or paragraph mode you were talking about earlier. Yes. Um, I, I, read, I read Ben a paragraph before, and it was one of the funniest things that we've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not- I don't, I'm just sorry, I just pulled one up. I'm not sure there's much you can- get a game design out of i mean you could you could really try to interpret something like the circle upgrades the binding crystal into a lager the pleasure screens your labeled (laughs) kidney across a resistance (laughs) throughout the glad galaxy bicycles her flexible pressure the coordinate mumble speaks a moral next to the incompetent threshold (laughs) the incompetent threshold i absolutely love that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that would be insane click pitch This is just like slightly ramped up click pitch <laughs> Slightly ramped up click pitch There you go, there's our little sting Let's get into it, shall we? <laughs> Three, two, one, ramp up <laughs> Improved exit Biggest difficulty <laughs> <laughs> Okay <laughs> oh, I'm loving this already So... Uh, I'm almost thinking this is some sort of adversarial multiplayer mm-hmm. where someone is tr- one person is trying to escape from something and the other person is modifying the world in some way. So, hence, improved exit, then p- perhaps, like, changing the way they need to exit this space and biggest difficulty is they are trying to make it more difficult for this person. Oh, so what what I see this as is- you know when you're leaving, like, say, a concert at Rod Laver Arena, which is a big big arena here in, in Melbourne. Well, I'm pretty um, sure it's been multiple names since then. I'm, I'm pretty soon it's going to be the Marvel Arena. Is that right? No, that's Eddie Hatt Stadium, dude. Oh, isn't it the same one? Oh, Rod, no, Rod Laver is the, um, is the tennis one. But is that still is Rod Laver? Yeah, still Rod Laver, and it's always going to be Rod Laver. Um, Fine. So- I don't know Melbourne. I've only lived here for Dude, 30 you've only lived years. here for, for most of your yeah. life. Um, except for like a, a small segment in there where you lived in Canada. Um, so I always remember leaving that place and you see like an exit sign. Yeah. And you start walking out. I'm imagining that um, 
you could actually have a competitive mode in which you're sort of setting um, exit signs up like uh, almost like lemmings. Okay. You know, where you're basically saying exit this way, exit this way, and you're basically just so you're trying to- you're leading someone through- as they try to exit by putting down green exit signs that sort of lead them around. I mean- You can sort of get them in a circle. So, are you trying to- So, is this still multiplayer? Because I'm trying to think, like, I guess it could become a bit of a uh, sort of a game of, would this would the other person lead me in the right direction or the wrong direction here? Like, what are they trying to do? Like, having to second guess their thinking um, as to which way they're trying to send you. I guess it depends on the environment, too, and what other like what other possibilities there are. I mean, you've always got the asynchronous multiplayer of you've got um, 20 people in, in the game, you know, seeing it from a first-person perspective and one person laying out the um, all the exit routes just trying to trying to confuse the fuck out of you. Oh, you mean asymmetrical? Yeah, asymmetrical. What, yeah. what did I say? Asynchronous. Oh, God. Um, asymmetrical. The difference between time and space. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so, are you thinking it's actually a concert? Or um, is this just? Is that just your metaphor for kind of the general? That's just my metaphor for you know, um, your job is to get out of this place, and you get led into like this maze of um, of backstage sort of areas. <laughs> All right, I, I had so my thought, and maybe we can merge this together because something that popped into my head was um, mixing some of the kind of parkour type stuff of either Mirror's Edge or Assassin's Creed, depending on your perspective. Mm-hmm. With then a world that is in flux and controlled in some manner by the other player. Um, now this could that could involve enclosed spaces and and sort of trickery around directional like around signs and and ways to go. I don't know. I guess you need to figure out what the goal is of each person and and whether that's fun or not. Maybe it's almost a bit of a like. So what was the what was the Switch game where was it the Switch game or no Wii U game I think. Where you had to like put, put platforms down under the other person as they're playing. Was it like a Rayman game or something, or a Mario game? Yeah, there was a New Super Mario Brothers okay. Wii um, that allowed you to do that. Uh, but New Super Mario, oh, that, sorry, New Super Mario Brothers Wii U that yeah. um, allowed you to do that. Yeah, so uh, if, some- you, if you had if you had the game screen, then you could actually put down a platform. Yeah, it wasn't a main part of the game; it was just something that you could use to fuck with yeah. everyone. So I'm kind of thinking though, like a mix between almost almost that and a real time Mario Maker, where someone is building out this level as someone else is playing it, <laughs> um, but maybe making it more into this 3D space where the the person playing really has a lot of options around their movement um, to kind of. I don't know, I'm just picturing, you know, they they pull up a giant pillar in front of them, but the person is quick enough that- The person playing is quick enough that they just, like, run up and leap off and actually manage to, you know, get up somewhere they weren't supposed to otherwise. And then, yeah, like, the, the person putting down the level will have certain resources and certain currencies they can spend on how they can change things. Um, But, yeah, I don't know if their goal is to just make it the most- Interesting or hardest or what, but obviously the other person's goal is to is to get through it successfully. Okay, or get to an exit successfully. You know, what if I, I like I like that idea. I kind of also like the idea of it being a a team multiplayer game where one person is is um say the person moving moving the stuff. One yep. person is is um a person setting up the level or setting up the exit, improving the exit, and all that sort of stuff. But you're going up against other teams. So okay. it's all about um, you get scores for difficulty. You get scores for the length of time that, like, making it quick but somewhat 
difficult. Um, All right. Know, sort of like uh, style scores. All right. Here's, some, here's an even added thing to that then. I like the mm-hmm. idea. Team multiplayer, you know, maybe teams of four or six versus other one other team of four or six. But you all play demigods, <laughs> and there's an area in this, like, there's a center of power that if you reach that center of power, that gives you the ability to change things in the landscape. So there's a bit of a king of the hill aspect that if one person from the team has got in there, then they can change a bunch of stuff to make it harder on the other team um, to reach their goals because you know, maybe there are other goals around that. You've got the rest of the team kind of defending them and trying to fight off the other demigods. Um, but at the same time, you know, if they're defending, they're not achieving whatever else they have to do in the level. Um, yeah, and it's really about this back and forth of being able to alter the landscape in ways that help your team and, and hurt the other. Cool. I like it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm almost thinking what sort of- Because how can we- I feel like we can go a bit deeper on that with a demigod um, <laughs> multiplayer game. I feel like that's not something that's really de- been done before. What, do you think we'd give them- Is it just like- these are strong men and women, like who who are kind of just slightly enhanced compared to other people until they get into this, you know, seat of power that that acts, lets them access their fucking godly parent <laughs> in some way. I mean, that could be interesting as well. That different characters have different gods as their parents, and so can do different things to the landscape. Yeah. So you got the typical like Hercules, who is quite often considered a demigod. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Samson. Um, well, look, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't necessarily have to be those from actual literature. We could, I mean, we could, um, we could pull from that. But I like the idea of it being, you know, our own set of characters with a little bit of backstory, each of them, uh, <laughs> and that that would just give us the the flexibility then to, you know, to really balance it and stuff. Fuck it. Let's just make it a licensed product of Percy Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say make it a God of War game or something, because that would fit no. too, but um, <laughs> sure, Percy Jackson. All right. Yes. Let's fucking do it. That's what They were all demigods, weren't they? They were all like children yep. of gods. Right. So, it's a per- Percy Jackson. <laughs> they're still making those movies, aren't they? Or did they, did they fail I too much? I think they only made two. This is going to be their next next big push. It's like, all right, Fortnite's big with the with Gen Zs. Gen Zers. Zers. I don't know. What are you? Gen Zers. Um, mm-hmm. we're gonna, and Percy Jackson, like everyone loves that guy. <laughs> so we're gonna compete. Team multiplayer, Percy Jackson game, everyone's demigods. And yeah, you've got, you know, and yeah, look, the, the gods are fucking rapists and, and lovers and whatever. Like, you don't have to have that many different types of powers to have a bunch of different characters. Oh, um, you know, Zeus is gonna, Zeus has spat out so many children. Who the fuck knows? Um, yeah, and he's, all he's doing is like, you know, firing off fuckloads of, um, you know, lightning rods and all that sort of stuff. Then you got, like, your Hermes, you got your, um, oh, shit, Aphrodite. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's, lo- there's lots of them. I there's lots, but it'd be more about- They've all kids. It'd be more about- Yeah, but it'd be more about the interesting powers you could give them then. So, yeah, like, a child of Zeus can, can like, go basically go up there, commune with Zeus and-, and Blast some shit. Maybe there are. Maybe they really are trying to compete with Fortnite, and so there's like building mechanics, and so you can just like take down someone's walls and and that they've built with a with a flurry of, of lightning bolts, um, and continue to do that until they come and take you out in some way. Or uh, and then yeah, you've got you know someone who can who can tear apart the earth, someone who can um, you know make make fucking geysers of lava or something that changes the landscape in different ways. Yep, that'd be really cool. I like that. Percy Jackson and the Fortnite Killer. <laughs> <laughs> Three to one click. 
Constant Sick. <laughs> Mum Roman. Mum Roman. Yes. <laughs> How is mum an adjective? As in keeping oh, like mum. Keeping, keeping mum? silent. All right. Are we going with that one? Because I kind of like the idea of it being Caesar as a child, as a sick, <laughs> sickly child and his mum having to take care of him. I don't know where the game is, but- um. <laughs> So, what was, what was yours again? Constant, Constant sick. I mean, vomitor- okay. vomitoriums. I know they weren't actually places to vomit, but there's the whole thing about like- the you know rich Romans being gluttonous. Maybe this is seven year old Caesar who just can't stop eating. Uh, I'm trying to think of what a dessert would be from that time. <laughs> but it's like baby Caesar and his best friend Brutus. <laughs> God. Um, okay, so I- I'm liking the idea of it being that you play as Caesar's mum. Yeah. Okay. And you and you've got a kid who's constantly sick. Yeah, and and so the the gameplay is is more around in this time. How do you, how do you um like how do you make your kid feel happier? How do you like help give them um, something to conquer? They'll be fine. Yeah, uh, you got to keep their friend <laughs> Brutus away because Brutus keeps on like wanting to stab him in the back. Um, yeah, <laughs> with a pen, like just with a with a stick. Yeah, like I mean, you could you could definitely. And look, I don't know much about the history of Rome um, and Caesar and such, but you could do some interesting things there. It's basically like a Muppet Babies version of the Roman Empire. Yep. Um, I'm not sure I know enough to really bring any more interesting things in there without <laughs> just like reading the Wikipedia article right now. But an Asterix, he's there. <laughs> what about Obelix? An Obelix. <laughs> Geriatrics. Gives him some of the- God, Special I love juice. Those, those comics. If you don't know what we're talking about, check out Asterix and Obelix, um, a set of comics from France. Um, what's what's, going up against fa- what's the fantastic about those about those comics is all the names are puns, and they were successfully translated from French into English yep. to keep their puns. Very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty damn impressive. <laughs> More right, impressive I- than damn Tintin. <laughs> Tintin. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck Tintin. That's the uh, name of the episode. Yeah, no, it isn't. <laughs> Three to one click. Competing qualification. Heard communicating. Again, heard is, I guess that's like a adverb or something. No, like a, I don't know. Anyway. Oh, wait. H-E-R-D? H-E-A-R-D. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not sure that's an adjective. Um, doesn't matter. Heard yep. communicating. Well, I mean, okay. So, some sort of sound-based communication. Um, uh, competing qualification. Okay, so you've got a team of. It's a multiplayer game. Yeah, uh, where you got like um, two teams, and um, they they're competing to basically qualify for the next round. But the idea that you can actually send listening devices into into other other people's groups to try and okay. hear what they're actually communicating. All right, so, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, look. Uh, yeah, sorry, I interrupted, but. I do like where that's going. So, I, what I was going to say is we would have to bring in some sort of gameplay mechanic that requires some sort of in-game communication. Yes. But I very much like this idea of basically having to spy on your other, on another human team as part, of the, as part of the gameplay without being caught and, yeah, like, or you're bug detected in some way or, you know, you could have mechanics around around different types of bugs, perhaps, or different ways to eat. So, I like the idea that you've got- 
different people in the team that actually have to do different jobs. So one of the jobs is actually scanning for bugs. Yeah. So you've you've got one guy whose whole job is to basically scan through, scan around, making sure that there's no bugs. No one's actually able to hear this stuff. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, there's other ways that people can can sort of hear whether. Um, whether you could actually have like um, a long range microphone that um, detects like the the vibrations in in glass or s- All stuff right, like here's, that. Here's something that here's something that's forming in my head. Um, it's a multiplayer sort of sort of base building slash kind of horde mode ish sort of thing where you were able to set up defenses and stuff. So I don't know that you're necessarily full on building bases, but you're modifying bases in some way to yep. build up a defense and. Everything needs a power source. So you're also having to like hook up with, you know, pretty basic wire kind of, you know, you're hooking up the wires, you're placing the wires down, um, to be able to, to power these different things. And so what this brings in is a couple of mechanics that are interesting. One is the other player could do something. If you're not careful, the other player can like cut off your power to something if you haven't protected it well enough. You know, Mm -hmm. so you've got, you've got a series of turrets that are all connected to one, you know, um, one circuit or whatever, and, and they're able to cut that off. But what I was thinking around the hearing thing is one of the ways you can bug something is listening to, like, if you place an, an area bug down, you can hear any, like, electrical pulses or pulses of this power that are going through that area. So, you're kind of getting this intelligence from them of, like, how much activity is happening in that area around what they're building. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could also have it, like, that any sort of communication has to go via- you know, some of these devices that you can then also tap and hear actual actual voice or, or, or messages or something. Yep. Um, so, I, I do still like the yeah. idea that um, it's some sort of um, qualifying for the next round, as in um, if, if you happen to uh, win best two out of three or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we then, can- Then you qualify for the next round, hence bringing in qualifications. So yeah, that- yeah. Uh, we can, you don't we can think of any other. <laughs> That's fine. We, we can, we can, we can let that one go if we need to as well. But no, I, I like that idea in general of just, and you know, there could be different ways to, or maybe, maybe it's even that. Yeah, you can place down certain types of bugs that measure, like that will measure the the power running through a certain area. Um, and so yeah, they've they've set up a bunch of turrets because what I'm thinking is basically almost in a is that what I'm thinking is that both teams are building these things, um, but it's it comes to a head in some way where. Um, they are eventually one. One, one is going to have to attack the other, and so maybe it's around battling for resources. Um, maybe the power runs out after a while, and you're able to start stealing power from the other or something. Um, mm-hmm. So I- I'm sort of thinking similar to PUBG, where the circle is enclosing, but not a physical circle. I'm thinking more about that. We just we there's some sort of um, contrived mechanic that means after a certain time they're just going to have to attack each other to to continue to survive. Um, but then what that comes down to is during that first kind of less, you know, less tense, less combative period, it really depends on how much intelligence you've done so that once you get to that stage, it's like you can send one of your people over there because you know they've got a cluster of turrets connected to one circuit that you can cut. And because you've got a bug, you know when that's been cut because like the, 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 um, the flow of power is not no longer being sent back to you. You know, the, the sound of that is no longer being heard. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's some really cool stuff you could do there. Yeah. What I'm do just you trying to think where else, I, where else I can take it? <laughs> I don't know. Is it- Because I like the spy thing. I like the aspect of, uh, of uh, camouflage and, like, you know, of stealth. Um, 
in having to place these bugs and maybe even, you know, while someone is in there, they can be communicating back and maybe you can get higher fidelity information or, or that's where you get the actual voice from of, of the people communicating or something if someone's mm-hmm. physically there. Um, that could be cool. And then, yeah, there'd be aspects around building detectors of, of different things as well that you have to power them. And so there's a trade-off between putting power towards detectors now versus, um, you know, defences later. I'm picturing, if you remember um, in, like, Team Fortress 2, mm-hmm. you, the spy character could actually disguise themselves as the other team. Yeah. Yeah, so there could so, be an aspect of that. Yeah, I kind of like that idea, or- having to sort of- Take, take notice as to, you know, hang on, all the other guys are over there. Who's this guy coming through? Hey, oh, my God, we've got someone coming through now. Yeah, I like and- that. I like that idea. Um, I think it'd be because of the the whole build up and and attack later on, it'd be a bit more. It wouldn't be quite as fast paced then as Team, Team mm. Fortress 2. No, definitely um, not. So, it would be a bit more like you kind of just, you're moving around the base. People are building things. People are putting up defenses. People are putting up detectors. Um, and yeah, like- they put a they put a detector up, and you and you realize the person who's been sort of beside you this whole time um, is actually not on your team, and you realize they've been going along behind you, disabling everything you've been building. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just picturing what the other team is doing at this this point as well. Like I think you've got like a an attack phase in a um and a, and a defending phase, but what you can be, sort of be setting up is like um. Maybe some some extra traps to to like give you well, cover and that sort and of I stuff. And I think maybe there's an aspect of having to roam for resources a bit. Um, so some of the team kind of has to go out on on quick, you know, scavenger rounds almost. Um, or you know, if you find a power source but it's a little bit away from where you're building your base, you kind of you can hook up your power. But the other team, if they happen to come across it and no one's defending it, they're just going to like cut it off. So, you know, there there are these sort of back and forth little back and forth little skirmishes that are happening throughout the you know ten or fifteen minute rounds or whatever twenty minutes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not until those last five minutes where it's like, oh shit, like maybe there maybe it's just yeah that there is a limited amount of these resources that you need to build things. Um, and so it, it really just comes down then to, if you're going to survive, you have to attack the other person. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I, that's cool. I think there's some really interesting mechanics. There's there. some interesting ideas in there. Stuff yeah. that hasn't been done before, but let's clean again. <laughs> yeah. We just, we spit those out for breakfast. That's not how that works. But anyway, Western. Mar- oh, you go. I'll go. Again, I don't know how this is an adjective, but star speeding. Western. Mummy. <laughs> hmm. All right. So I'm having a, like my neurons are firing and I'm making a couple of connections there. Star, yep. I'm connecting to a sheriff's badge because yep. Western, I'm connecting to obviously Western, Westerns. Yep. Mummy, I'm thinking like Universal Monsters style. Yes. Same here. And then what was the other one? Speeding. Speeding. Um, All right. I mean, what I'm picturing is like a horse chase where you've got like a mummy on a horse. Like, sort of <laughs> running off into the distance and, like, the sheriff- I'm just picturing their fucking bandages, like, unraveling exactly. as they go. Um, uh, yeah. So, what I'm picturing is it's it's a game where you you play as the sheriff of this small town. Okay. Uh, in, like, a small dusty sort of thing. That's the name of the town, in fact. Small Dusty. Small Dusty. I'm from um, Small Dusty. There's actually a regular town called Dusty, and this is like a splinter faction that like created their own town. Small Dusty. Just giving some backstory. Go on. 
Okay, so a a um interesting man called Archibald Fleming uh comes to town. Where did you pull that from? I don't know, I just came up with it. Okay. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um so Archibald Fleming's come to town. He's sort of like a um well dressed man from the city. And he's brought with him like this travelling exhibition of Egyptian um artifacts and he wants to set up like a, a museum um in in one of the one of the closed down stores. Okay. Um but when when he does some some like interesting things start happening a la like um people start seeing like an Egyptian mummy roaming around the town and um having to sort of follow down this mystery I think could actually be quite a quite an interesting way of sort of seeing the life in this eighteen fifties mm. sort of um town. Um, I'm seeing the guy come in in like a stagecoach sort of thing with like this traveling, this traveling museum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, I like the general vibe. I like the general vibe. So, what sort of? So it sounds like it's sort of somewhat of a slow paced, um, mystery like uh, adventure kind of thing. You're not with, thinking with particularly a couple of like based. high speed chases on on horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you'll have those moments in there. Um, yeah, okay. So, what- why is this mummy roaming? Can we come up with a reason that might send us down some story um, parts? I mean, I mean where, where I- where my head was actually going is, a la Scooby-Doo, uh, is- the mummy is just Archibald Fleming, just dressed up in a mummy costume. <laughs> um, Spoilers! <laughs> what? <laughs> That's fine. Um- but but okay. he's he's literally going around trying to scare people and is he stealing, to like- stealing all their money. Oh, he's, okay. He's, he's just like scaring artist. them out of their homes and stealing their shit. Yeah. Um. I thought maybe he was trying to bring property values or something down because he wants to buy up the town. Well, th- that that could be that does sound a little bit more Scooby Doo ish, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 So- maybe he's found like mi- precious minerals. I don't know. Um. Oil. I like the idea that he's also got his daughter. Um. Mm-hmm. Along and along um, Fleming is that her name? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I was actually thinking. Yes, and- either- <laughs> Matilda, or um, oh, I had another. I had another. Matilda name, is fine. Matilda or Matilda along, along for me. <laughs> Matilda for sure. Tildy. Um, so I kind of see, you know, her maybe as the love interest who also happens to be in on the plan. Um, okay, she's in on the plan. All right, but she is the and love so interest to our like the main character. Your main character, yeah. All right. All right. But I think you know, so, her part of the plan is- Because we're saying is, you play the sheriff, right? Yes. All right. Um, yeah, okay. Okay. I like that. So, what what I kind of like is that um, she's actually in on the whole thing and, you know, occasionally gets dressed up as the mummy as well. But the mm. only reason why she does is to is to take away, like, um, you know, suspicion just from just from her dad. Yeah, yeah, to provide her dad an, al- an alibi yep. in certain situations. Hmm- Okay, so uh, yeah, I, I, how are you picturing the gameplay playing out? Are we going point and click? Are we going sort of LA noir? Are we going kind of? Um, I kind of see it as a cross between LA noir and like Red Dead. So yeah, um, yeah. a little so, bit more conversationy. So, so we're pitching then, this to Rockstar for Red yep. Dead Three. <laughs> pivot, pivot to a mystery. Yeah, okay, uh, or maybe a spin-off game. Um, so yeah, a bit more slow paced, but there's still a bit of a gun, pl- a bit of gunplay, a bit of like. Horse chases, 
And, and you know, yes, you've got the overarching mystery of, you know, what's causing this mummy to, to roam around the town and, yeah. you know, well, I think you'd make it disappearing more from, the, from linear. the museum. I don't and- think you'd make it full open world. In that same way, mm, no, it'd be more like LA got- Noir, where you're like heading to specific situations. I mean, you probably got the town because it's going to be a relatively small town yep. anyway. Um, I-, I like the idea that occasionally, you know, you get um, you get like some uh, bar fights breaking out at the saloon, and mm. then you've you've got you know the occasional um, duel at, at midday. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the typical sort of Western things cliched you- Western things. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then you've also got this this sort of, I know I'm sort of getting a Bubba Hotep sort of um, vibe mm. in my head. Mm. Yeah, I, I do like that idea of kind of having to having to balance out, you know, because nobody's going to believe you that there's this no. fucking supernatural being wandering around, um, or they're not going to believe that it's that it's not, um, you know, that it isn't a supernatural being. <laughs> right, I guess around. you could go that way too. Yeah, they're all convinced. It's literally this mummy, and you're like, no, it's a dude. Occasionally, it's a, a woman. dude in a mask. Come on, <laughs> zoinks! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I so I so want to have like little allusions to to like um, Scooby Doo. Oh yeah, like and- he calls his he calls his horse the Mystery Machine. <laughs> 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 calls his horse paints a green um, Scooby. Orange. <laughs> um, like you could have like in Boot Hill, here lies Fred, and <laughs> right there's a little cravat like hanging off the yeah. tombstone, <laughs> something like that. You know, just little little totally, totally little nods, but um, not enough to go. Yeah, it's just them. Um, I like the idea that you know Archibald or or Matilda are, are like with you. Um, during during a couple of the scenes, and they they look legitimately scared and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Um, I think that could could do an interesting branching thing where, like, they're definitely both in on it, but the kind of mastermind behind it changes based on the choices you make. Um, so you could pursue the romantic interest with with Matilda, uh, which you know maybe puts the story towards a more dr- interesting dramatic turn where. Um, you know, it turns out Archibald was the mastermind behind it and she's sort of going along with it, but doesn't, you know, change their mind. But maybe you could also have a really interesting friendship with, or romance, I guess, if you want to go down a path. But I'm sort of thinking of like splitting the story a bit. But if you get along better with Archibald, it turns out that Matilda is the mastermind behind it all. And he's kind of just an old, you know, friendly guy who's trying to help his daughter out and sort of fell along with the plan. I know. I, I kind of like the twist of you've, fall in love with a bad guy like the the mastermind behind it and you know that's that's sort of like the twist of yep oh okay so flip that so whoever so still you could still have it branching but like whoever you kind of pursue in those ways turns out to actually be the mastermind yep yeah they're just so good then you get a bit of a betrayal yeah 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 well and that'd be good because you could really make it so that the suspicion is on the other person so that when you kind of but in reality it's just blackmail that's sort of getting them to go along yeah or coercion or whatever right yeah maybe they're not even related (laughs) maybe they're just like it's 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 completely an act that could be a really good reveal at the end hmm yeah when when they they um they well, offer you offer you the position of of like the second in second in command in in this thing right. and offer to, to betray their yeah friend. well maybe well yeah <laughs> maybe it's you know, Star maybe Wars, it's that you, you know. maybe it's that you you have the whole moment of reveal where you finally track down the mummy you pull off the mask and you know it's Archibald it was Archibald the whole time 
but then the big twist, you know, you think you've solved it all, but it, but then somehow you find out that, oh, it was Matilda who masterminded the whole thing. She was just coercing him and now she wants, yeah, now she wants you to come on board as her second in command. Yeah. And that, and you could even end it on that decision, you know, that'd be cool. Yeah, it would be. They'd be making, it'd make it hard to do the sequel then. <laughs> it would, but you, you can always do what, um, like, uh, you know, how, even though you could do anything that you really wanted to in, in, um, say, no. Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. There was still a canonical ending. Yeah, or either that you you have multiple, like, beginnings based on um, your choice of the last game, and then you just kind of merge them into a single story. It only, yeah. it only affects the beginning and maybe some, some of your different stats or, or items or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good I like one. That. I, I like that. Yeah, that came along. I really like, yeah, the, the dramatic stuff that we kind of pulled out of that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Very dramatic. Alpha insisting. Deterrent fringe. Hmm. Oh, no. Uh, I'm not sure there's a game in this. And I'm not... No, sorry. My mind went to, like, someone trying to turn off a an insistent alpha male by, like, growing their hair out. <laughs> that was, like, the most literal version of those words. But I'm not sure there's a game there, and I'm not sure we want to tackle toxic masculinity no. that thoroughly. No. Um, the two words that, that sing out in my mind are alpha and fringe. <laughs> okay. Uh, mainly because there was a TV show called Alphas. Okay. And there was also a TV show called Fringe. Yes. And so I'm, I'm picturing sort of like the weird science-y stuff. Now, I've only watched one of these. What was Alphas about? Um, it was based in the same universe as Eureka and Warehouse 13. Oh, okay. That I never watched those either, but I know a bit more about yep. those. So, there was sort of this like, yeah, like secret, like quite advanced science happening. Yeah. Um, and Alphas was more around like um, people who had, who had like- m- Somewhat powers, but not as not so much as like superheroes as such, but just yeah. enhanced um, enhanced minds and that sort of stuff. Um, okay, and so what was your other word? Uh, insisting, insisting, and yours was deterrent. Deterrent. Um, I don't know why, but I keep on going back to multiplayer. Uh, so I like the idea. Is a theme like, this it, episode? Yeah, it it it's in sort of like a a sciencey world from from like an alphas or fringe. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, you play on one of two teams. Yeah. Um, one being more, um, it, it can just it can be you know different parts of of like the government of this country or something like that. But they've basically they've gone down different routes of of basically um, like the types of science, the, the types of that they've sort of pursued enhanced abilities that that they each each have got, yeah. and they're they're effectively waging a war against each other. All um, right. Yeah, that's where I sort of see it at at, at the start. There, there's obviously some sort of um, conspiracy that can sort of be going along underneath the um, underneath the. So like, how is this working as a as a multiplayer? Like, are you thinking of this as a competitive multiplayer, or is this more of a somewhat story based co op sort of thing? Um, I I sort of see it as a a story based um, a story based competitive competitive. It's so like a bit of a division or something. Doesn't the division do that? Oh no, or is that all PVE? Yeah, I, w- I was thinking more um, 
Overwatch. Like, Fortnite has, has like some information underneath. Um, Overwatch has, has like story underneath and all right. That sort so of it's stuff. more so, of just that sort of thing, but there's a, a rich lore to it that we're coming up with as to why these people are trying to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. Okay. So how can we make this a little bit different than your regular old team based shooter then? What are you thinking? So I'm thinking definitely you got the mind bending sciencey bullshit from from Fringe, um, in that you've got yeah like just devices. Um, no, or I'm are these to think people of- altered in some way? Or maybe those are the two. I- maybe those are the factions. There's one faction that just that that went down the actual body modification and augmentation path, and there's the yep. other faction that went more around the like wearables and communication kind of technologies but it's like outside of their bodies yeah and so you've got more like projectiles and that sort of stuff Mm. on the other on the other group and you've got things like um speed and speed and strength and flight well flight could be both i guess yeah uh Um, i I like the idea of flight being you know jetpacks and stuff for the the wearables and like um I'm just trying to think that it's like rather than being flight for the um for the body modifications, they can just jump like jump. really, really high. Yeah. yeah. Early early Superman style. <laughs> Before yeah. he could like fly around the earth backwards leap and over back a, time. Leap over a single building without breaking an ankle. <laughs> <laughs> well actually like they it's actually that they can leap over a single building and all that happens is they break an ankle, but they do still break <laughs> that ankle. <laughs> so it's just kind of a bit of a downside to that. Um I'm just trying to think where where deterrent is going to come in, and maybe that comes in in that. One of the things that that sort of annoyed me about, say, your Overwatch and that sort of stuff, is that these things are always sort of happening in deserted towns. Mm. What if this is happening in literally popula- a populated city? Okay. So, you can't just be going off and firing, 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 because you've got basically- um, you know, civilians that. So as you as you go into into a shop, you see you know someone stick their head up over over the counter. You shoot them, but it's like no, it was it was a civilian hiding yeah. for their life. So it's not quite as fast paced just shooter as as Overwatch. It's a bit more method. Well, not methodical, um, but hide and seeky as well as yeah. Like, I mean, if you hide in a group of a group of people, you know that's that's certainly a tactic that you can. Yeah, and they can choose to like to like lose points. Um, it could almost be a bit of like, so Titanfall, it didn't have innocent civilians, but it had AI controlled players, right? On your team. Yep. Um, so you could kind of, yeah, you could bring in a bit of that where it's, instead of them just being cannon fodder for a small amount of points, like they're in Titanfall, it's the opposite. It's like, if you kill them, you will lose points. Yeah. And maybe there's some, maybe it's even that, because some people don't care about, I mean, obviously to win the game, you need points perhaps, but maybe it's more about the deployment of, you know, your super technology, kind of like your, your ultimate in, in Overwatch. It's building up towards something as you kill people, but killing civilians, like, turns that back or resets it or something if you kill enough or whatever. Um, um, well, and, and this is this is actually where you can actually have, say, one team, um, they've got a, uh, you know, their thing is to, to, they they want to deter you from actually, you know, going out and killing civilians. Whereas the other team insists that you- that um, taking out these this other team is is more important than um, right. Than- yeah. So there's a real ideological difference as well. Yeah. So um, depending yeah, on what side you actually you you're actually on depends on whether you know you sort of act act somewhat terroristic and sort of take out take yeah, out. Yeah, you'd have to balance that in some way. Um, it, it could it could literally be 
that you can't just go ahead and murder civilians because that's just not the right thing to do. But if if um, you've got a group of people sort of you you got one of your one of your main enemies in close proximity, you know. Uh, being on one side, killing killing these civilians isn't going to give you a penalty as long as they're within, you know, sort of a, a 10 metre. Yeah, but then how does that balance against, like, the other team doesn't have that benefit. Like, they will always get a penalty. So, you have to balance that out in some way. Because I They've like got- I like what that does. I like what that does. Maybe it's that you can get civilians to safety or something, or or maybe it's- Like, like for bonuses, maybe they've got some way to get bonuses um, for saving civilians. Because, yeah, I really like that idea of the bad guy can hide amongst a group of civilians and that really limits what the other person can do, the other team can do to take them out. Um, That's really cool. Uh, But But maybe they can fight. Maybe they can they can send in like an incapacitation sort of um, grenade that is non-lethal. So it's basically going to going to make that person fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. And then you perhaps. You can come in and like clear everyone out and yeah yeah yeah. Look, I, I like I, I really like that idea as, as a gameplay mechanic. I, I just I don't know if you just make you know the the good guys as it were um, like they they maybe just have more power in general. Maybe their thing ticks up slightly faster. It's just that if they if they kill civilians, they get a penalty. Like you'd have to, you just have to find a way to balance that. Um, I mean, what I kind of love is you you're say going going for a um going for a for a match. You see this crowded sort of uh, cafe, but then across across the um across the like the the quad or whatever whatever you know across the um across the cafe you see like one one of the other enemies. So you take a single shot and then everyone just sort of panics and goes absolutely everywhere. Like oh yeah, well maybe you get bonuses for taking out a person who does have a bunch of civilians around them um, without hurting any of those civilians. Yeah. Although, I mean, that does, that does encourage them to be a bit reckless. But, yeah, if you've got good snipers or something. Yeah. Um, headshot, bang. <laughs> yeah. If you had a silencer on, then they don't even get um, none of the- um, none of the No one, no one else can notice. see. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you've got some blood on your- Oh, holy shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hole in their someone's head. Someone's drinking coffee with, like, they've got blood splattered all over them. <laughs> but they just keep- Oh, God. <laughs> Beautiful day today. Hmm. What's that on your face? Blood. Mm. Oh, that's blood. Uh, yeah, but I guess, so if we're going for this kind of slower paced thing a bit, and I like the idea where you have the opportunity to to do things like that, to take someone out when they're not expecting it amongst a bunch of civilians. What are people doing in the meantime when they're not literally just attacking the other team? Like, are there other goals that are sort of being carried out in a round? Um, um, I, I kind of like- the idea that it's like a fringe like mystery that you you're trying to investigate but it's like you've got competing groups that are coming in and you know you've got to sort of get, get like to the over crime the course scene of and- one round though yeah so it, like over over the course of say five rounds you've got different um different crime scenes that you're okay, sort of going so it's to almost to, a bit to more of a, a left for dead sort of thing where you've got this sort of narrative semi-narrative running through but instead of it being full co-op you each have a role in each sort of section yeah that could be cool. So, that could be cool. So you got your analyst who has to get in there and sort of analyze the crime scene, but um, you can only analyze the crime scene if you don't have anyone else from the other team in that in that proximity that you're aware of, or maybe they can like sabotage or something. Well, I'm thinking it kind of like a capture the flag, you know, where you, your oh, percentage analyze goes up only when you're when you're um, there alone. Right. I guess I'm just trying to figure out the the sort of the balance between. Yeah, like more of a classic team shooter where it is that sort of king of the hill sort of thing counting up, everyone's defending, 
to something that's a little bit more slower paced where, I mean, and again, maybe sort of sim- too similar to, to what we did last time, but where you've got a bit more of that build up or I guess just going through, yeah, like I like that idea of it being a narrative setting and, you know, you could do it procedurally, you could mix and match them. So, you go through three or four of them to get through a whole round, but you make it different ones at each time and they kind of, they lead into each other in different ways um, mm-hmm. based on, you know, how, yeah, whether you've successfully analysed the crime scene in the previous one and that leads to- you know, a, a further mystery around this weird technology or creature or whatever. Yeah, um, and I, I kind of like the the idea that it's sort of building up, building up, building up until you've got like the sort of final level in which you're going up against um, some force from from say another world or something like that. But you're still like, you know, depending on how much you've analysed, say it was like a big Godzilla style monster. Mm, you like how much you analyse depends on weapons. how much um, how much you know about the weak points and that sort of stuff. And yeah. it's whoever makes the most damage to the other team and the monster at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, I think then obviously the sort of the bad team are the ones who are bringing this monster about. Um, it is very asymmetrical, which isn't a bad thing. It's just going to be tough to balance, but. I wasn't uh, thinking asymmetrical, though. Well, it is in that if by the last fucking level, the bad team basically has a giant Godzilla monster on their side. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that the bad team has a has a giant Godzilla on their side. I'm saying that the whoever got the most most amount of information has oh, the most amount of information on them. Oh, they're both trying to do it. I thought you were saying yeah. that, that the- they're, they're competing investigative agencies, sort of like your, your CIA and FBI, except they just hate each other so much that they have to destroy <laughs> they, each other. Are they constantly killing also, each other? Um, or are we well, moving away from the shooter aspect? I, I still like the shooter aspect. I just, I like the idea that um, what you're actually doing is, um, maybe if it was, say, robot-based, you're just um, decommissioning their robots so that you can- Right. Maybe it's like <laughs> a bit of a, um, maybe it's a bit of a surrogate's- I don't know if, that, if there's a better example of that, but like Bruce Willis in Surrogates, where all of these people are actually just controlling, yeah, like robotic versions of themselves out in the world for mm-hmm. some reason. Maybe this is in the future and the entire, um, like, atmosphere is full of poison. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but they're still up there trying to investigate all this weird shit that's going on. Um, yeah, look, I, that one went all over the place. I think there's some really good ideas in there. We didn't quite nail them down, but I think we should move on and, and do one more. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one, click. Obscene roll. <laughs> R-O-L-L. Okay. Confidential <laughs> pointer. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, let's... I'm trying to think how I could bring these ideas together in a way that doesn't just talk about dicks immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and people pointing at them. <laughs> or with them. <laughs> so, in a world where everyone's dick is a laser pointer, this oh God. this ordinary <laughs> office meeting is going to go <laughs> south really quickly. Um, okay. as, as the, fla- as as the flamboyant boss rolls his way into the <laughs> into the room to point at the confidential information on the slides. Oh, Ooh, see, I, w- I was thinking um, for confidential, I can't get out of my head, like, LA confidential. Mm-hmm. So, thinking around, like, you know, a 1940s sort of aspect of a, of a 1940s world that, for some reason- <laughs> For some reason, they've all got laser pointers for dicks. If you want to go down that route, I was thinking, um, 
again, you know, sort of thinking a, a narrative sort of game where maybe one of the, one of the things that, that has happened is there's an obscene, um, either obscene caller who's been harassing lots of, lots of people or, mm-hmm. There's a there's a guy in a trench coat who's been who's been going round and and like pointing at, at ladies with his laser cock. <laughs> <laughs> laser cock. Well, I was thinking because technically I got obscene role in which case na- role is a noun. So maybe it's about a baker who makes dick shaped bread rolls in the 1940s. Yeah, now, now, now I'm just picturing, because you said roll and I fo- totally forgot about that, I'm just picturing, like, a naked Dark Souls sort of game where you're just <laughs> doing, like, doing all the rolls. Rolling. <laughs> so, it's a cross between Dark Souls and Conan Exiles, or whatever it was, Conan Exile. <laughs> Dick swinging. Dick swinging. No censorship. It's just every time you roll, depending on how you set up your character, your dick may hit you in the face. <laughs> or the butt. The I'm not sure how the physics pointer. works on that. <laughs> and the navigational every time there's a quest near- with a boner. <laughs> yeah, every time there's a quest nearby. Inverse kinematics, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I reckon we click again. Alright. Three, two, one, click. Condensed population. Later cookie. <laughs> Later cookie. Um Okay, so I've kind of got something that we we wrote a song about a long time ago. Um, <laughs> okay, you remember what I'm? No, no. Where I'm going? I don't remember um, things. You know that. Uh, it was a Kurdish track that didn't make it onto the album. Okay, um, and I'm pretty sure it was it was talking about like this utopia. Yeah, um, that. Basically, the the people that I'm going to sort of spoil the ending, but um, the people that that ran this ran this sort of town, um, the the big conspiracy thing. Not that it's really much of a conspiracy because it's well known throughout all the adults. Is that um, the way that they knew that Utopia would actually work is with like a limited number of people in a small amount of time, small amount of space. So they literally set off like um, a nuclear explosion, and they're the only ones left on the planet. <laughs> That's right. I completely forgot about that. I wrote that fucking song and I completely forgot about it. Yeah, about um, 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm pretty okay. sure that's the one that had like the um the shotgun riff. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, which we then moved into, we brought into something else, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We brought, and then we reused it. Um, okay, okay. So, I like that idea then, yeah, that it's this population that's been condensed into- So, yeah, it's- so I guess is the sort of narrative arc then that everyone knows that they're, you know, probably the only sort of town left on Earth or something, and then the um, and then the big reveal is that it was intentional by like the the elders of this society. Yeah, I, I think if you've seen the film The Village, yeah, by M Night Shyamalan, um, the way that it's, the whole thing's presented is this is reality. You know, and it's just this small little town, yeah. and they're they're away from everything altogether. Um, I I'm seeing like some pretty high technology. Um, I'm seeing that they're kind of in like a domed city, and you the the sky is maybe purple. The like, um, it looks very alien. Like, okay. um, you, and so are you, you saying that origi- initially we don't tell the player what's going yeah, on? I, I think, Do they I think, think- what oh, I think I, what the player I, plays is yeah. they play a kid. Okay. Who um like 
goes to school and here's here's like the um the kid version of of you know where they actually are, which is say on a on a distant planet or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. They're terraforming the the, the land and you and know, that's they, why the sky is a different and, colour and Yeah. Okay, yeah, but they can't so go outside the dome. You've got literally, like, only, you know, 200, 100 people in this dome. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. And it's just a wasteland outside. So, is this, like, the first or second generation of kids born there? Maybe yeah, the second. Yeah, I, Maybe the second. So, it's like, this kid's grandparents are the ones who, who yeah, found and when, this place. And when you get to a certain age, then you start finding out about this information. Yeah. And- um, what actually happened? What well, I always like these narrative point and click sort of things of you, you're just trying to find out, you know, something of a mystery. And the idea that um, maybe the elders don't want you knowing this information yet because you're too young and you don't understand why they did it. Well, and I think, yeah, I think what I like, I feel like this is a, that really bad one to have done, like, literally when we're past the hour mark, because I just want to dig into it. Um, and it should have been an AGDDQ, but uh, <laughs> I I like the idea then that you do, as you grow older, you find out a bit more information, and you find out that there was this, like, nuclear war, but they're still telling you, like, that's why they left. Yeah. Um, so, you do get a bit more of history of what happened on Earth, um, and that sort of everything broke down, nuclear war, but, you know, some people got out, and maybe they tell you that they- you know, sent out a bunch of different ships and we were on one of the ships or something. Um, oh. But, yeah, then, yeah, like, you continue growing older. Maybe there's something suspicious about it. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe this is even just a back, like, well, I guess that's not- I'm trying to think what the drive forward is for this main character as the game okay. goes forward. So- Are they just- Yeah, go on. No, you go. Okay. Where I'm sort of seeing it, like, because- they're in a dome and it's a condensed population. You can only have X number of people. Any time that a baby is born, a lottery is held for the for the oldest citizens. Mm-hmm. And the person that comes up, they're the person who gets killed. Okay. So, so it's basically like this really horrific um, sort of well, thing. Well, I suspect, though, that they'd- Because then you can really explore- like a society built around this is probably like they're honoring these people, right? Yeah. So um, you can have like this this thing where you're you're with your grandfather, and you know he's he's basically your guardian because your parents, um, unfortunately, aren't alive, right? And I like the idea either your grandfather or your grandmother, maybe maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm not which, sure which way which way to go, but the idea that. Um, your grandparents' name has come up in the hat, and they're your only guardian. Right. So that sort of takes you, you down this. You basically this become an orphan. To, well, you, you start you start thinking, you know, why why do we do this thing? What mm. you know, there's got to be some reason as to as to why you know we're in this dome and all this sort of stuff, and that sort of gives you gives you um, pause to yeah to sort of yeah. Well, okay. I like this idea then that you set up this character. In a way that sets them a little bit apart from this society, yep. but I think for the a good part of the game, it's not like there's some grand mystery going on for the character themselves. The drive is really for the player then to be exploring this world and this society and finding out why they do this and what's happening under the yep. guise of this kid slash teenager slash whatever is. Oh, you're thinking they're trying to save them? No, I. Um, 
Yeah, I'm thinking they I'm, literally- I'm thinking that they don't they don't think that it's right because of um you know it's their only guardian and they're going to they literally don't have anyone else. But- oh yeah, no, I was going down a different path. I think there's a scene at the beginning when the kid is relatively young, like seven or eight, when their grandparent comes up for this lottery and is shot into space or whatever they do. <laughs> right? Just loaded into a cannon and shot into the space. Well, no, of the like dome. a tasteful <laughs> No, no, they open the dome. They like it's it's all very secretive. They, you can't get into the facility, but they like have a very tasteful rocket with their face painted on the side of it. And, <laughs> and they, they call it the Death Star. And they just see them like everyone watches through the side of the dome, but they just like see them get fired off into the distance, into the sun or something. But anyway, this kid saw this happen and had this happen, and yeah, like became an orphan and a ward of the state, basically, or went into some sort of some other family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Had this traumatic experience. The next scene, like the next bit you play, they're like a teenager now. They're in high school or whatever the equivalent is. Like they're and and they're this whole time they've kind of felt really uneasy about what happened. But you know, when you're a seven or eight year old, you don't question it. It's just what you've grown up with. But as they get older, yeah, like they start questioning it. They start talking to people. They start saying, "Why do we do this? Like, why are we here? Where did this come from?" But at the same time, I think you actually make it just a relatively mundane story about this person integrating in, like into this society having had this experience because what and makes going it- to live with a foster family and- well that's it and, and what makes it interesting for the player is this world is so alien to them they want to find out everything about it too but to this to the character it's what they've grown up with and it's more they're going through their kind of teenage questioning rebellion stage yeah but then yeah they find out kind of more than they you know more than they accounted on um, first, yeah, just the history of Earth and that it was this nuclear war. And, I mean, that's, you know, some of that's taught in school, but- And some that of, the, some the of lottery it, is actually somewhat rigged in that um, none oh, of the government yeah. officials will, exactly, will ever yeah. get chosen. And- yeah, yeah, they start un- uncovering some of the corruption within the society. And then, obviously, eventually, the big reveal is they uncover the fact that the whole nuclear decimation of the planet was- was uh, arranged by these very same people who are still in power, you know, after but, 60 years or something. But you know what I kind of like? That the final shot is just a zoom out of the, of the zone, the domed city. And um, as it goes further and further, it sort of does the woolly thing of you thought that there was only one one plant, you know, on Earth. But then, oh, as it goes back, you actually see- A bunch like, of other plants domes? actually sort of- Oh, you're saying you see plants? Oh. I think you see a bunch of other domes, maybe. Maybe, maybe, yeah. You see some other domes, and and it's like this isn't the only place that this went down. Like, or it's just they're not the just- only people who survived. You know? Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. I do wish we'd now just spent the entire episode on this one. I really, <laughs> really like the general idea and the narrative behind it. You could do some cool puzzles and stuff. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it! Cut these last fifteen minutes, and we'll do it next week. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, that was that's really cool. I really, really like that idea. Yeah, the it second I saw condensed population, it just- uh, my mind went straight back to- Your, um, like, memory circuits of your brain, uh, I don't know, they're just buff or something. <laughs> they've, yeah. been, they've been working out for the last 20 years and- Yeah. Yeah. I, I keep on remembering, you know, songs that, that we've written- Do you written remember any of the lyrics of it? I've probably got them in a book somewhere. You do have the lyrics somewhere and I, I remember it was either called The the 100 or- Oh, it like- was. It was called The 100, I think. Yep. That's before there was an actual show called The 100. Yeah. They ripped um, us off. All right, we should finish. Yeah, I mean, it was, what, 2008, 2007, something like that, that we that we wrote that song? Yeah. Yeah. 2008, it would have been. Yeah. 
It was like the second or third song that we actually wrote. <laughs> yeah, I remember we wrote it at Jay's in Ringwood, so. Yep. Cool. God, why? Why? I really like it. Why yeah. does the best game come up right at the end? <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, I think we could do a good job of, of wrapping it up there. So, yeah. Shall we finish up? Oh, I think we should. All right. Well, we are going to end it there. So, thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find us on the internet, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are Bitstormcast on all of those. We have a Facebook group. Facebook. Facebook.com slash group slash Bitstorm. Uh, we have a very important Podchaser page, podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. And you can also get to our YouTube from that uh, page. It is in the side links. If you have Apple devices and you, for some reason, use iTunes, uh, you can rate and review and subscribe to us there. Um, we have a website bitstormcast.com which I'm pretty sure you can also access via our Podchaser page yes indeed um, I'd like to plug our friends at the AGPN the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network just search on Twitter for hashtag AGPN or Facebook for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network and find all a good manner of podcasts there and finally we'd like to thank our our Previous band, Kuradust, for the song <laughs> Mount Defiance, the last song on the album Containment Failure. Yeah. Go to Kuradust.net. <laughs> I think that's still up. <laughs> it is. I went there the other day. Okay. <laughs> I've been paying for that fucking domain and hosting for the last decade. All right. Yes, yeah, so thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. I have a laser dick. And I'm pointing at it. <laughs> I am burning at your eye sockets. Ah!